He is risen. He is, he is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. The text for this morning's message is from John chapter 19. The gospel lessons I read it to you just a few moments ago, but at this time I highlight these following verses. And on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and he said, Peace be with you. And after he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is our text. In the name of Jesus, our risen Lord and Savior, dear fellow believers in Him, peace be with you. What wonderful words our resurrected Jesus speaks to His disciples. They're words that they desperately need to hear. Maybe you need to hear those words this morning too. Peace be with you. They're certainly timely, timely words, aren't they? Timely in that there's so much still upheaval in our lives. Even the fact that we suspended our services in person for this Sunday and next continues to add to the, to the upsettleness, the unsettledness of, of our lives. Recognizing that COVID is still ever around us. And yet into this situation in which we find ourselves, Jesus says, Peace be with you. Maybe you are grieving the death of a loved one. Jesus says to you, peace be with you. For our triumphant Savior promises, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Maybe you're overcome with shame or guilt because you struggle with an addiction and you continue to find yourself breaking God's law well Jesus says to you this morning peace be with you as Saint John reminds us in the reading that we heard earlier today if we confess our sins he who is faithful and just will forgive us of all of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness Peace be with you. Maybe you're experiencing anxiety. Maybe depression. Well, Jesus says to you this morning, peace be with you. The words that come to my mind are the words of the prophet Isaiah when he says, a bruised reed God will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Maybe you're concerned about the downturn in the economy. Maybe you're one of those people who have been laid off of your job, or maybe you're concerned about making the payment on your mortgage or your car loan. Maybe you're wondering about what your future holds. Maybe you're one of those students who, who's been taking courses online all year, and you're wondering what are the job opportunities as you see yourself at the point of almost graduating. Well, Jesus says to you this morning, peace be with you. 
Through the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord promises, for I I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Maybe you're one of those students who are bullied, who are ostracized, who are ignored, invisible to fellow students. Maybe you're not just a child, maybe you're an adult and you feel like that. Well, Jesus says to you, peace be with you. He says, I call you my friend. For everything I've learned from my Father, I've made known to you. Maybe you're concerned about a health issue. I know, unfortunately, a few of our members are struggling with the COVID-19 virus. We've been praying for Chris, who's ever undergoing various kinds of emergency surgeries. And it takes its toll, doesn't it? It takes its toll not only on those who are struggling with the COVID-19 or maybe some other kind of illness, but also upon the loved ones who are going through that as well. Well, Jesus says to you this morning, peace be with you. Look at the birds of the air, Jesus says. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them? Are you not much more valuable than they? Peace be with you. Let these words of our resurrected Lord permeate deeply into your heart and into your mind and into your very soul. Let not your heart be troubled, Jesus says. Be not afraid. For the Lord your God, for the Lord and your Savior Jesus Christ, well, He lives. And that's why we're able to shout during this Easter season and really throughout the whole year, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus' peace, it's what all the people in this world so desperately need. I mean, we're living in an era where there is more bloodshed and wars and conflicts than any other time in world history. The shroud of death is blanketing the earth as world health organizations and news agencies keep tally of the worldwide COVID death toll. More and more people today cope with life by turning to prescription drugs than ever before. People, unfortunately, have bought into the false advertising that they can buy their way into peace and happiness. People continue to search for peace in various forms of spirituality that have nothing to do with the Prince of Peace. While our living Lord desires that all people of this world would have His peace, He desires that every single person in this world would know that know the peace that comes from knowing that their sins are forgiven because he died on the cross for their sins. He desires that everyone would have the peace of knowing that death has been conquered once and for all because he indeed did rise again from the dead on that first Easter morning. And he desires everyone would have the peace of knowing that they can go through their life knowing that he is present in their lives day by day. And that's why Jesus says to his followers, to his disciples, to you and to me, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Fear. That was one of the emotions that Jesus' disciples were experiencing. 
even as Jesus said to them, peace be with you, the disciples are terrified. I mean, they're locked behind closed doors out of fear of the Jews, the text tells us. And for good reason. I mean, the Jewish authorities have just crucified Jesus. Rumor in the street is that the chief priests are looking for Lazarus, who Jesus had raised back to life so that they might kill Lazarus. Jesus' disciples themselves had almost been arrested when the guards had come and arrested Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And now Jesus appears to his disciples and he says, guys, quit hiding behind these locked doors and go into the world and announce my peace to the people of this world. Survivor Eva Hart remembers the night of April 15, 1912, on which the Titanic plunged 12,000 feet to the Atlantic floor. Eva Hart remembers the night saying, I saw all the horror of its sinking, and I heard even more dreadful the cries of the drowning people. Although 20 lifeboats and rafts, rafts were launched too few and only partly filled, most of the passengers ended up struggling in the icy waters while those in the lifeboats waded a safe distance away. While lifeboat number 14 did roll back to the scene to the unsinkable ship, or as the unsinkable ship slipped from its site at 2.20 a.m., and lifeboat number 14 alone chased cries in the darkness, seeking and saving a precious few from those frigid waters. Incredibly, no other boat joined them. A few boats, sure, were overloaded with people. But in virtually every other boat, those saved rowed their half-filled boats aimlessly in the night, listening to the cries of the lost, each feared a crush of unknown swimmers would cling to their craft, eventually swamping it. Fear. Fear hindered the people in the lifeboats from searching and rescuing people who were dying. What might be hindering us from sharing Jesus' peace with other people? Is it fear? Fear of rejection? Is it apprehension? Apprehension of how to begin a conversation about Christ with another person? Is it concern of looking stupid and embarrassed because we may not know the answers to their questions or we might actually realize that we don't really know the Bible all that well, so how can we share it? Is it hesitancy of maybe being taken out of our comfort zone? Or is it Concern over ruffling people's feathers by talking about sin, faith in Jesus? Is it maybe the distress of experiencing the vulnerabilities of the problems that people have in their life and knowing that we'll have to invest ourselves in their life in a meaningful way if we want to share Jesus' peace with them? And we just really, quite frankly, don't know if we want to invest ourselves that way. Unfortunately, far too many of us are like the people in those lifeboats that are half-filled, just floating around aimlessly in the water. Meanwhile, there's voices all around us 
of people drowning in the frigid waters of unbelief, of worldliness, of pseudo-spiritualities. And they're crying out. They're crying out for us to save them. Are we on lifeboat number 14? Are we actively seeking and searching for those who are drowning? Jesus says, peace be with you. Your sins are forgiven, he says. Peace be with you. Death has been conquered. This is the message Jesus says that he wants us to share with people of this world. And so as the Father has sent me, so I send you. You know, one of the more popular TED Talks features a gentleman named Simon Sinek. His 20-minute message is entitled, Start With Why? How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action. His point in this 20-minute talk is that businesses and organizations need to be really clear about the why. Why do they exist if they hope to grow their company or, in our case, our church? The why develops loyalty in the ones who share the belief and draws people from the outside, he says. And those who identify with the why will work with their blood, sweat, and tears so why do we exist? Why do we exist as individuals in this world? Why do we exist as a Christian congregation? I mean, what is our purpose? Certainly, Jesus answers the question succinctly when he says, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, soul, body, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. But let's ponder this question from an organizational perspective. Why does St. James Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan exist? Maybe another way to approach this question is to ask, if St. James were to disappear, what difference would it make? More pointedly, for whom would it make a difference? John Kaiser, in his book, Weaning on Purpose, says that there's three possible answers to this question. He says in that book, the, the congregation often thinks that it exists for itself. In other words, the people on the inside. That is, the people who are safely on the lifeboat. He says there's, other, there's another option. That is, the congregation exists for others, the people on the outside. That is, that it exists so that it can save the people who are drowning in the frigid waters of unbelief. Or he says the congregation can look at and say, well, we exist for both. We exist for both those inside and for those outside. Now, we would probably answer the question that the congregation exists for both. For those inside and outside. It's interesting, though, a survey that was taken a number of years ago found that 89% of church attendees said that the primary purpose of their congregation is to serve the needs to serve their needs and the needs of their family. In other words, to serve the people who are already safely in the lifeboat. A very tiny minority of congregations said that they placed their emphasis on those who are drowning. Now the third choice, 
That's the one that you would think that would make most sense, wouldn't you? We're here for everybody. And it really is hard to argue with. I mean, it appeals to our general sense of fairness. And it reflects God's character. I mean, who does not show favoritism? Evangelize and edify. Know Christ and make Christ known. It really does make sense. Serve the people inside and serve the people outside. But then the question is, who do we serve first? Can we really serve people equally? If we commit to serving both groups equally, we can be sure, Kaiser says, that the congregation will wind up focused inward. And how so? Because the needs of those inside the congregation are the ones that will always be before us. As the old saying goes, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. The focus will always be on those or will tend towards those who are already safely and secured in the lifeboat. Kaiser states, if we fail to put both the intention and resources behind the mission of serving others before serving ourselves, we will not escape the gravitational force of inwardness. And then he says, and when a congregation chooses to serve others first and themselves second, it is embarking on an outward-focused ministry that will take care of its own. And so Jesus says to you and me this morning, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Yes, Jesus sends us. He sends us out to share his message of peace with other people. In his book, I'm a Follower, Leonard Sweet writes, and I quote, we are commissioned not only to begin a new ministry on earth, or we are commissioned not to begin a new ministry on earth. The perfect tense in the phrase, as the Father sent me, means that Jesus is continually being sent, that he exists in the state of sentness. Jesus' ministry continues in and through us, every one of us. We follow Jesus and we walk beside him, and together with him we carry his mission forward into areas where it's never gone before. Some of you will have heard me say before, our mission in life is to participate in Jesus' mission. That's why we exist. That's why we exist as followers of Jesus Christ. We exist so that we can love the Lord our God with our whole heart, soul, body, and mind so that we may love our neighbor as ourselves. And the way that we love our neighbor as ourselves is to bring to them, our neighbor, Jesus' message of peace. And that's why we exist as a congregation. We exist as a congregation so that we can announce Jesus' message of peace to, to those who are in so desperate need of it, who are drowning in the frigid waters of unbelief. And that's why the school, ISJ Academy, exists too. And as we exist for those who are not yet in the lifeboat, we'll also take care of the needs of those who are in the lifeboat. And so, the question for us this morning to also ponder is, to whom is Jesus sending you? Who is it that you know that's hanging on for dear life? Who really needs the peace of Jesus, his forgiveness, and the hope of the resurrection? Who do you know is treading water? Treading water in the frigid waters of secularism and unbelief. 
to such people Jesus sends you, and he sends me. To the grief, to the grief-stricken and those who are coping with death, Jesus sends us to, to proclaim to them that message of peace that, that he is risen from the dead and that death has been conquered once and for all. To those who find themselves struggling with sin, Jesus sends you and me to announce to them as they repent of their sin that Jesus has died for all of their sins. He remembers them no more and they can be purified of that sin. To those who are struggling with anxiety and depression, Jesus sends you and me so that we might proclaim to them, peace be with you. Yes, you're a bruised reed, but he will not, he will not break you. Yes, you're a smoldering wick, but he will not snuff you out. And to those who are struggling with life and wondering what life may hold for them in the future, Jesus sends us so that we might proclaim to them that message that we heard from Jeremiah, I have plans for you. That's God speaking. I have plans for you. Plans not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. And to those who are being bullied, who feel so low in themselves, Jesus sends us to proclaim peace to you. Jesus is your friend. He is your friend. And to those who are faced with health issues, and we know many, Jesus sends us to proclaim to them, peace be with you. You're more valuable to, to Jesus than the birds of the air, and he takes care of them, so he's certainly going to take care of you. And so peace be with you. Peace be with all of you as you live in Jesus' forgiveness day by day. Peace be with all of you as you live in the hope and the joy of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As the Father has sent Jesus, so now he sends us with the message that Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. We continue now by singing our next hymn, Christ has risen, or Christ has arisen. Hallelujah. <laughs>